I'm Andrew Thorpe. Welcome to Leaning Forward. I don't have any stories, Andrew. I I lead a pretty dull existence. No drama in my life. You often get this reaction when you ask a person to share some of their experiences. There might be an element of truth in the feeling that life in lockdown, as we are now, has the sort of Groundhog Day feel about it, when putting the bins out or walking to the local shop is the highlight of the day. In this episode, I want to push back against the notion that nothing in your life is worth sharing. You might, after all, be more interesting than you think you are. In 2015, Professor Hans Rosling, one of the most compelling speakers ever to grace a stage, gave a talk at the TED conference in Singapore entitled Numbers are Boring, People are Interesting. It seems an odd title for someone who earned his living from the study of statistics. But what he realised is that we have to understand the lives between and behind the numbers. I think that's a really useful principle in business too, where people with something to sell naturally default to talking about the product rather than the lives of the people that it might help. I also feel that selling a product or service gets a lot easier if you can find a human connection with someone first. For example, in pre-COVID days, a company might put on a a networking event at an unusual venue like a cinema. And the environment that you're in can usually provide some nice material when you first meet someone new. So it might go like this. Do you know the last time I was here was on a date? Oh really? How did it go? Well, we're married now, so quite well. Bang! Connection straight away. Nothing to do with business, but you've broken the ice and set the tone for a relaxed conversation. And of course, it's been made possible by making an observation and linking it to something from your back catalogue of stories. There's also the issue that when you're selling a product or service, and perhaps you've developed it yourself, you're, you're close to it, you're passionate about it, it's often quite difficult to get out of your world and into the shoes of your audience. But that audience world, the people you serve, has so much potential material because of the varied circumstances through which they've come to need your help. I mentioned in another podcast about the owner of a dry cleaning chain who wanted to talk about his stores and the expensive machines he'd invested in and the branding and the great deals they offered. But if that's all you ever talk about, not only can it cause people to lose interest, but you will run out of things to say very quickly. But if you talk about the clothes people bring in and why they need to look great for a a vital occasion, you've got some great stories there. It's all about the context in which the clothes are brought in, and it can turn seemingly ordinary objects into something uh, much more significant. 
Similarly, if you're on your way to a vital job interview and you spill coffee on your shirt and tie, a fashion retailer in the high street will suddenly become very valuable to you. These sorts of stories fit into the case study category, but if you tell them well, they um, they have an element of entertainment about them as well. They almost become like an amusing anecdote. Um, I remember a few years ago, I, I was traveling home from um, visiting a client and I had to stop off at Sainsbury's on the way home just to get some stuff for dinner. And it was a chilly evening um, and my jacket was hung up in the back of the car. So when I got out of the car, I reached in to get the jacket, threw it on, walked into the supermarket. And then as I as I walked through the entrance, my son's best friend, um, Scotty, was coming out, but he was with his father. Now, I know Scotty very well because he's been to our house many times, um, but I don't know his father very well. But his father reached out to me. And I'm I'm quite a huggy sort of person. Um, and it was nearly Christmas time. So, of course, I reached back and, and went to give him a hug back. And he suddenly looked a little bit alarmed. Um, and it turned out that what he was doing was he was reaching out to straighten the, the, uh, the collar on my jacket, which was turned up because <laughs> I'd thrown it on in a hurry. So <clears throat> this was a very small story. Nothing big or impressive about the incident. And again, I think this is an obstacle for people who who don't think that they have an interesting experience to share. Um, And whether or not there's a point to that story, we can debate. But, you know, big things like climbing Everest or winning an Olympic medal don't happen to many people. But little things happen all the time to us, like, you know, someone waving to you whom you don't recognize, but you smile back and wave back and then you realize they were waving to someone behind you. And then you feel embarrassed. So misunderstandings are commonplace and they actually make quite good material. And the point is that silly little things like this happen all the time. And my friend um, Stefano points out that a story can come from very little. Because there's the thing that happened, plus the bit that led up to it, plus the aftermath, you know, the reflection afterwards. And there you have the basic three-act structure, you know, a beginning, a middle and an end, as simple as that. And observational comedians are very skilled at this. If you listen to uh, people like Peter Kay um, talking about things like doing karaoke, he's a, a great sort of skit that he does about karaoke. Um, so there you are, you choose your favourite song, you're singing your heart out and you're looking at the lyrics on the screen and you reach one particular line and then you suddenly realise, oh my God, I've been singing that the wrong words for years. And his, his example is the song um, We Are Family by Sister Sledge. And there's a line in it which is just let me state for the record. And for years, Peter Kay's been singing... Just let me staple the vicar. Just let me staple the vicar. And if you listen to that song, knowing what he thinks he's hearing, you can hear just let me staple the vicar. I'll swear you can. Now, this is all very well for keeping people entertained and it might make you a more engaging person to be around. But if you're going to use stories to build influence and retain a degree of gravitas, it's it's useful to be able to make a point 
out of the things that you experience to, you know, to sort of add value in a business context. And what really helps here is the ability to think metaphorically, to find linkages between things which can help you to um, illustrate an important point. So, for example, if you picture a man who appears to be sitting on his own in in an empty football stadium, and I appreciate that in lockdown, you know, there are lots of empty stadia at the moment and it's a, it's, it's a tragedy in a way. But just picture that scene in normal times. So could that be about um, the loneliness of leadership? You know, it's lonely at the top. Could it be about the benefits of being an early adopter? You know, first in the marketplace, getting the best seat in the house. Or could it be about the cost of being disorganised? Because he came on the wrong day. And even the Peter Kay thing could be used to make an important and a, and a serious point about long held misconceptions, maybe about your industry. So think about the number of industries that suffer from misconceptions. There are many. And you just need um, a bridging phrase if you represent one of those, those industries and want to make that point. So you just need to bridge from getting from the comedy to something serious. And that might be something like, um, and of course, it's not only in the world of karaoke that you get misunderstandings. For years, our industry has suffered, has laboured under the common misconception that, and then you explain what that is, and then you're into your theme then, of how to perhaps correct that. So you can position these um these elements, this material in pre-prepared presentations, I call those PPPs, um, and it often works well right at the beginning, you know, when you want to grab the attention of the audience. And that's a subject that we'll cover in more detail in another podcast. But also in what I, I would call SSS, which is spontaneous speaking situations, so more um, casual conversations, you know, not structured where you're having to improvise and think on your feet and maybe pull something out of your your mental library or mental filing cabinet. And there's a wonderful saying that I came across a while ago. I, I can't remember who actually it's attributed to, but it's a wonderful saying, so I'll share it now. Before you learn how to paint, you first got to learn how to see. And I think it's the same when it comes to building your story library, you know, your mental cabinet of material. You have to develop your senses to spot material in the world around you. And it might take you a while to figure out a a moral or a point. Um, And it might take some practice before you can tell that story in a way that generates a nice response and you you know you have the confidence to do it in a formal presentation or maybe introduce it into a meeting but the one thing that's for certain is that the material is out there and throughout all of these podcasts we'll see some great examples of where it can be found and how it can be used to make you a a more engaging and persuasive speaker. 